Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, parents. On Monday, January 2nd, for those who are watching Monday Night Football, uh, we all witnessed uh, something that uh, really captured the imagination of the entire country. And that's when we saw uh, a young football player for the uh, Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, made a tackle. He stood up and then he immediately fell to the ground. And it was apparent immediately uh, from his teammates and uh, from those on the Bengals side of the field as well, that something was seriously wrong. Uh, And um, we watched for a long, long time trying to get news, get answers. And uh, long and the short of it is the game was suspended and then canceled. And it turned out that he had suffered cardiac arrest. And uh, we are now recording this podcast five days later. It's Friday. And um, the good news is that he seems to be responding well. Uh, The latest news is that one of his first questions was who won the game (laughs) and uh, the outpouring of support. uh, He's raised over $7 million uh, while he was in that comatose state for his uh, his, uh, uh, favorite uh, charity, which was Toys for Kids. And so it looks like uh, the story is going to have a good ending for him, which is what we've all been hoping for and praying for. But it does raise some really interesting questions about our country and our obsession with sports. Of course, our kids and their interest in sports and how to handle the risks that come with sports. And so we thought it'd be a good time to talk about all of that today. Uh, I'm Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurry, and this is the Wonder Parenting Podcast. And we're going to focus on sports today. Before we do that, Michael, it's good to have you with us as always. Great to be here. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here in the new year. And we want to uh, thank our sponsors as we begin, as always, the Center of Place of Hope up in the Seattle area. Uh, Their vision is to be a place of hope, providing inspired health care for restoring balance to body, mind, and spirit. You can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. That's the Center of Place of Hope. And then Man Cave. Men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. A program designed to engage fathers with an intentional focus on family outcomes and child development. More information on Man Cave as well at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Now, Michael, I confess that I was not initially watching the game. Um, You and I are both sports fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a long-suffering fan of the Minnesota Vikings, (laughs) who have zero Super Bowl wins, and the Arizona Cardinals, who have zero Super Bowl wins. You are a fan of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who have uh, at least one One. Super Bowl win. They have one, yeah. Yep, and they've been a few times. Um, And so we're both sports guys. We love sports. Uh, and, um, we, I know we were both, once I had tuned in, uh, was just gripped by this story and every day, just trying to learn more about this young man. Uh, I'm sure that's true with you, mm-hmm. uh, from your perspective, 
uh, brain science and what we know about archetypes about human beings, especially men. Let's talk in broad strokes, first of all. Uh, what is it about sports that has so captured our imaginations, um, especially over these last 10, 15 years? Um, kids' sports have exploded. Um, what is it? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was really moved by it. Um, I I had taped the game because I was out of town that day, so mm-hmm. I had taped the game, and then I came home and and watched it. And of course, as you say, in the first quarter, it was suspended. And one thing that I saw was the um, you know Booger McFarland. They were trying to talk on the set because, uh, of course, th- this has never had never happened before, right? right? And in fact, Not a like number this. of them said they had never seen an ambulance uh drive and i don't know i i don't know that i have either i've been watching Mm-mm. football for whatever 45 50 years i don't think i've seen it um but i can't remember i thought that one guy like broke his neck and he had an ambulance come in mm-hmm. uh but anyway but they were you know they were just so emotional yeah and 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 that emotion um was very gripping and that is the emotion that so many people felt. And I think it's also emotion for the game, though. It's emotion about the sport itself and about the game and the players. And um, right after that, in our local newspaper in Spokane, a guy who has two sons who play football, who's a columnist, wrote a really neat column where he said, you know, I and my wife tried so hard to get our kids not to play football. Uh, these are two boys, to, not to play football. Because I played football, he said, and I separated my shoulder and it was really painful. And you know, that, and now there's all this research on the head injuries. So please don't play football. But these two guys, they had to play football. And so, you know, why? And and that brought to me where I brought this up to you and said, you know, I think we ought to do a show on this because there yep. is, so in Jungian psychology, there's um, uh, archetypes, right? And Carl Jung to me was sort of a genius at, in the way Einstein was a genius in physics. I mean, just a genius of psychology. And what he what he laid out was that we have these base patterns in the brain and archetypes are the base patterns. So you could say the goddess archetype, the god archetype, the hero, the warrior, the magician, the lover, the crone. So these are for both everyone, uh, archetypes. And these archetypes are base patterns in our brain. So we try to live them out. And um, because they are giving us internal direction. And uh, the warrior archetype, uh, you know, is definitely sports. Now the coach is the king archetype uh, or, or the queen right? If she's a female coach, uh, we follow that lead. If we're on the team, we who are playing the game are warrior archetype. We're like warriors. And it's no accident that these base patterns in the brain were given words, um, and names by Jung and, and his followers of which I am one. My first three books were Jungian books. So I use Jungian psychology in my work quite a bit. Uh, we're given these names that fit with, um, uh, like fighting wars, right? Or that fit with this team on team competition or that fit with hunting, you know, um, these sports fit with all of that. And those are all base patterns in our brains. And so I think, I think the, the reason we love these games and the reasons we can't stop our kids from playing these games, you know, not that we would want to. And the reason that these games are healthy, let me go even further and say, you know, 50 mile view, the reason they're healthy is partly because they're good for the body because we get exercise and 
circulate our blood and you know that's uh, it's good for our anatomy unless we break a bone it's it's good for us um but also it is good for our brains and it is good for the developing brains of these kids because what they're doing is they're fulfilling these base patterns in the brain and getting this internal guidance to to hunt together and form teams to hunt together you know to um make fake war it's not war um but to uh, protect territory and protect your brothers and your sisters. Um, and also the moving of a ball through space. We've talked about that. You know, a large part of our brain is set up, especially male brain, to move objects through space. And so that's a base pattern. So obviously football and all these games have balls in them and we move these balls through space. So that fits the base pattern. And girls have it too. Guys just have a little more of that uh, because of the right side of the male brain. So that's what I think is going on. I think that we who watch and we who play um, are fulfilling base patterns in our brains and that it's basically healthy and, in fact, very important for child development. But, yes, it can be dangerous. Yeah, and so that's sort of the the, the challenge for, for parents these days with certain sports. Um, every sport probably has some inherent risk in it, but there are some sports like football um, certainly far more uh, risk I- involved in them. And I, I think of my, uh, I have a grandson who, uh, this kid's a football player. Uh, now he's he's short, so that's going to be a challenge for him, but uh, he's uber talented. Um, he can run like the wind. He's he's great at receiving. Um, he could He could be, you know, an adequate quarterback, but really good receiver. And uh, the other day we were uh, driving in the car and, you know, now he's, he's 11 years old and he is talking to me about which college he wants to go to. That's going to give him the best chance to be drafted into the NFL. (laughs) And I, I, uh, I said, uh, first of all, make sure that you remember your old grandpa when you're famous. (laughs) And secondly, I said, um, it's, that's an interesting uh, dream you have considering that your dad loves football, but he won't let you play tackle football. You can play flag football, but he has put his foot down. You can't play tackle football because your dad doesn't want you to get injured. And I think this is increasingly where parents are feeling some challenge. And I just heard recently that apparently um, the, the enrollment for youth football has been going down a bit. Others have Mm -hmm. been growing like soccer and so on. So how how do we as parents? You you mentioned this great article that was written in your paper. This dad who tried to convince his sons not to play and they're playing. How do we navigate that with our kids? You've got a, a child who's very talented, but you're really concerned about the risks. Uh, every parent who's got a really talented athlete is going to wrestle with this. What is the Gurian advice? Um, yeah, my advice is twofold, and I am asked this question a lot, so I have thought about it a lot. I mean, on the one hand, the first half of my advice is try to get them, try to get them in games and sports that are less dangerous. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So that that would be part of parental protection of the child, and and show the child these brain scans that are now available. Like Daniel Amen, our friend, has done a number of them for the NFL. Show the child these brain scans; they're on the internet. Google it, and you know, say say to them, look at this, and and try hard <laughs> to convince them uh, to not play a sport that you feel is dangerous and that there's evidence is dangerous. Um, 
but secondly, my second piece of advice is if they absolutely insist and, you know, they, it, it, it would ultimately be good for them because this is where their friends are. This is where they can belong. This is where they can learn these values of character and of character development and, you know, values of loyalty and honor and, you know, it, it, okay, if, they, if this is the place, then, then let them do it. And, um, uh, because the power struggle with them and and the robbing them of of this place where their friends are and where they want to belong that could backfire that could be a negative you know mm-hmm. so resist as long as you can uh you know especially with football i mean that that's the one we're really talking about football and right. boxing those are the ones that can cause the head damage all the other sports can cause damage to your limbs so you know i mean my daughters both played soccer. I coached them in soccer. Um, and, uh, one of them, you know, has had knee surgeries and, and there's a lot of research about girls, especially who are, who have knee issues, um, you know, with soccer. So, so any sport can be dangerous. So you can't ever remove that. But when we're talking about football, okay, that's one that's going to mainly apply to boys, of course. And that's one where we do have some evidence and you, the parent can push back, but I would hate to see the child not be Mm self-fulfilled, uh, you know, have these archetypes being fulfilled, let's say, um, in that sport, if, that child is going to withdraw and become, you know, depressed if he can't play the sport. If, if it gets to that, I, I would say let him play the sport. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. And, and certainly flag football has been gaining in a lot of popularity and it's uh you know, it's a fun game to play. It's still football. It's not tackling, but at some point for those, for those students who really have a passion for it and want to move on, uh, they're going to have to put some pads on. They're going to have to hit each other. And I'm not sure we as a culture are ready to give up tackle football. I mean, it's a seventeen billion dollar. Oh no, we're business, not going to give right? it up. Nope. Um, nope. And it's it's an elite sport, uh, and uh, you know anybody who has ever thrown a football has probably daydreamed of being that winning quarterback. You know, being Tom Brady or whatever position you're interested in. So there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of external pressure on our kids uh, because we see so many of these these sort of success stories of people who came from these little small towns and now they're NFL stars and and um, the glamour and the glitz that comes with it. That's all part of the story that we as parents are trying to deal with. It's not just the sport itself, but it's kind of that, that glamour, um, what seems to be an easy way to make an awful lot of money, but it's not, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess along with that comes not only their passion to play, but how do you manage how do you manage a child's expectations so that when they go into say something like football, they could be very very talented, but maybe not nearly talented enough to make it as far as they want to go. How do you help those kids sort of live into the realities of who they are and yet push them to be uh, better? Yeah, I think we encourage them and we support them and we teach them, you know, so they can keep being better. Uh, And then it it becomes a team effort when they get to the point where they're not going to, you know, Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it at the level you're talking about. And that the team effort is the coach talks to them, you know, the the mom and dad or the, the parents talk to them, the grandparents talk to them. It's like, but we let them get to that point and we keep, we keep feeding the dream, let's say, um, in a positive way by saying, sure, you know, aspire, of course, work really, really hard because the good thing about not not shutting it off or even shutting off the expectation early is that they, they will work hard. They will develop resilience. They will develop good values, good character, you know, right. All of that because they're pushing that dream. And then when they get to the point, you know, where no, then we, we just have to have four or five people as a team saying to them, you know, look, it doesn't look like it, but you can still enjoy this sport. Let's just keep enjoying it because also by then, the good thing is by then some of their other islands of competence are mm-hmm. showing up, you know? So let's say now they're 13 or 14. Um, and it's clear. Uh, if I can use the example of your grandson or, or someone like your grandson, let's say not to use him, but who's short. Okay. So by mm-hmm. then, right. Puberty has sort of started and already we can see, okay, you're not going to be six, five. So you're not going to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, what are your other talents? And then if it gets to the point where, you know, okay, you're not going to be a great football player, but by 14, okay, you have these other talents. You're good at music or, you know, again, whatever it would be. So we can be redirecting them. You know, we can be saying, keep playing the sport. It's fun, but look at this. Let's help you develop this talent. And um, so we have that option for them too, which when they're eight or nine, you know, they just are really on this dream and, and okay, fair enough. So you, you stimulated uh, a couple thoughts for me. First of all, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are finishing up a horrific season. Mm. Uh, four wins, terrible. A lot of injuries, but still terrible. But we've had the privilege these last two years of having J.J. Watt on our defense, one of the great all-time uh, defensive players. And uh, I was intrigued hearing his story today that when he was in college, he was told he'd never make it that he mm. was not going to be a good player. And now there are many people who say he'll be a first ballot Hall of, Fa- Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and this is a guy who just worked his tail off and believed in himself, which we want to instill in our kids. Um, and so, uh, you know, as you were talking about, yes, we do want to let our kids dream and vision and, and push hard. But the other thing that you said I thought was really intriguing, and that was, um, uh, I'll probably be putting words in your mouth a bit, but uh, the danger of putting all of our eggs into one basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, and so this becomes another quandary for parents. You and I have talked before about overscheduled kids. They're doing too many things, but then you got the one family where the only thing their child is doing is this one sport and not allowing that child to sort of develop other areas of life. So how do you sort of balance all of that? You know, when you're making a real commitment, say to that swim team, 
uh, or that soccer team and it's practice in the morning and in the evening and games on the weekends, um, how do you build in some margins so that that child can also discover other islands of competency? That that's a really great question, and it needs to be set up early. Like it has to be set up in the family that that you're you're you have these areas of development, and I talk about them as like the, these big three areas of development: your your cognitive development, your physical, you know, physiologic, and and your social emotional. And I think you and I could put spiritual as an overarching for all yeah. of those. Um, uh, I'm just dividing it into those three categories. And so a parent is always going to be directing the child to into these three areas. And then there's going to be sub areas. So physical, okay, physical development. And so you're playing football right now. Uh, you, you may also want to be playing bas- uh, basketball during that season and baseball that, you know, that's the physical, right? But then, there, and there's a the cognitive, okay, you know, you've got that, but we got to do the cognitive. You got to do your Mm -hmm. homework. You got to, um, you know, go to school, you got to learn, et cetera, and get tutoring if you need help. And then the social emotional, you always have to have friends. We always need to know that you're social emotional and you're not withdrawing and you have to have relationships with your parents and with your extended family and other people. So as we direct our kids into these three, the big three here, um, that, that will take care of itself. The question you asked, because yes, they'll get really obsessed. Let's let's pick an eleven-year-old. They'll get really obsessed right now with football, but they know they still have to do school, mm-hmm. and they know they still have to have these relationships. Some of which will be in football, some of which will be in school, and some of which will be in their family. So they won't they they won't have to become at eleven obsessed with this one thing. Now, if they get to be twenty-two, you know, okay. By the time they're 22 or, or 20, if they're on a football scholarship, you know, those three things are actually going to all be directed through football, right? Mm-hmm. Or a baseball scholarship. Right. They're going to basically, but that's when they're adults. That's when they're young adults, mm-hmm. but not at 10 or 11 at, or at eight or nine or at 14 or 15. In those ages, every parent needs to keep in mind the big three and and raise families along those three lines and then the kids will actually take care of that themselves. They will follow those three lines themselves. So do you recommend, uh, I get that, you know, this, you okay. know, if you're going to be a football player, let's focus on that. Let's be a great football player, but we want to keep your grades up, friendships up. But do you, do you recommend anything uh, in addition to football that would be a different aisle of competence? Say it might be music, it might be dance, theater, whatever it might be, chess club? Uh, Or is it okay to just focus on one sport, which is sort of that activity, and then school and friends? Well, I think they're seasonal. So, so some of that takes care of itself in that one, that one sport seasonal. So then there's, so maybe they have to be obsessed with that sport for four months, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and they're not really doing anything else. But yeah, but yeah, why not music? Why not chess club? Why not band? Why not debate? Why not, you know, yes, do other things. Absolutely have kids do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and especially in the season when their obsession isn't in session. So yeah. so uh, then they definitely should be doing other things. So let's take a football player since we're on that topic. Football, right, is sort of August to practice and all that through, let's pick an age group, for a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll pick a 10 year old It kind of starts before school. Then there's, it goes through to December. Right. And then it's over. 
So if he wants to be obsessed with that for those three, three, four months, that I think, but, but he knows that, that he's got December to, you know, he got eight more months uh, that he's going to need to do some other things that develop other islands of competence, as you said. And, and some of those can be in any of these other categories and don't have to be negatively affected by his four months of obsession in the fall. Yeah. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I think it's good to talk about it again uh, in a podcast like this. And that has to do with our own stuff, our own expectations, uh, maybe our failures from the past, and try mm. and imposing some of that onto our our kids. Um, there are life lessons I think certainly all parents can share with their kids about successes and failures, but sometimes. Uh, parents can get caught up living vicariously through their kids and sort of hoping that their kids rectify the failures, uh, right. Of, of my mm-hmm. sports career. Um, and, uh, how do we, how do we help parents navigate, um, to allow their kids to be who they are, to encourage their kids to keep striving toward excellence without imposing our stuff on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important point. And everyone hearing this, um, uh, I hope hears it and says, okay, it, I need to self-assess mm. on how am I doing this? And and I've had to self-obsess and I can't remember if I've talked about this on previous podcasts, but when I was coaching my daughters in soccer, I was way too hard a coach for these little mm. girls in soccer because I was not a very good athlete when I was a kid and I lost at a lot of things. And, and so I was, that were physical and I was, imposing that right on these young mm-hmm. kids and at some point one of the parents you know and and gail my wife you know we're going okay mike y- you have to self-assess y- you're doing this wrong and um and i did self-assess and and uh and i and i improved so we have to self-assess mm-hmm. and use this as inspiration ask people around us to help us and then then we've assessed okay what am i doing here and um and then we can pull back on our negative behavior, which will be probably yelling at coaches and refs and yelling at our kids and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff that, that we parents do when we're doing exactly what you were talking about, um, uh, or, or hyper obsessing our kids into a sport we didn't succeed in. And then they finally, that backfires so badly that they hate us for it. Right. Yeah. We got to self-assess, pull back from that. Um, and then tell our kids our story, you know, uh, tell them, okay, okay, I've realized that <laughs> I was doing this, like I had to do this with my kids. I realized I was doing this. Okay, I'm really glad people pointed this out to me. I'm sorry it took me so long <laughs> to figure it out. But now let me tell you my story, you know, and 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 here's what happened for me. And, you know, and so we're vulnerable in telling our story. Um, and we have some healing and apology there with the kids. And 
And then, then we can really pass on what we know. Because the third part of this is we as adults really should pass on what we know. We should pass on the skills to kids that we want them to learn, even if we didn't learn them as well as we wish we did because we didn't have the talent. But we still need to pass it on. And we can still pass on how to win and how to lose. Mm. And we'll be able to do that better after we've self-assessed and kind of confessed and apologized and then, you know, and then moved on and altered the way we do things. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much we could talk about, but I, one final thing came to mind as you were talking. Um, what I've noticed over the years is that as kids get older, um, parents start out and they're very encouraging of both teams. You know, if there's a good play against their kid's team, great. They still applaud it. But as the kids start getting older and the competition heats up, the parents start to heat up a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've all been at those games where there have been parents who've been really inappropriate. But uh, I wonder if part of the challenge for us on the sidelines is we have uh, heroes and we have enemies, Right, our team is the heroes. Uh, the other team, they're the bad guys. We boo them. You know, we want to crush them. We want to defeat them. But the players on the field aren't quite like that. And I, right. I think if we saw something really remarkable on Monday night, it was to see both teams surround that young man mm-hmm. to protect his privacy. Both teams distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these young, young men, these, these gladiators in tears, knowing that something has happened to one of their own and it wasn't, yeah, they're competitive. Yeah. They have rivalries, but these guys are all sort of in this, this unique, um, club together of warrior football players. And so they look at the game a bit differently, right? As it's a competition, but it's not, enemies fighting each other you know it's the best versus the best and uh we want to push ourselves we want to win games and uh, as we as parents when we're cheering on our kids to remember that these are our kids who are we want them to learn skills uh we don't want them to learn bad attitudes we want them to learn skills and one of those skills is good sportsmanship it was kind of a long way to get to the sportsmanship question. Right. How do we teach our kids and how do we model for our kids how to win, but more importantly, how to lose? And in some cases, more importantly, how to win, right? There, <laughs> right. There's there's grace in both. There's grace in both. That's so well put. Yeah, I, I my brain went exactly when you were asking the question exactly to where you went of, of that the players themselves are friends with each other. Right. Yeah. They may even trash talk on mm-hmm. on the line because that's part of the game and all that. But then they go, you know, they go have a beer. And 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 that's really, really important for young kids to know and to to see that part of it and not just see the modeling of the uh this person's my friend, that person's my enemy, or this person is my co-warrior, that mm-hmm. other warrior I need to kill. Okay. They yeah, you're right. They get a lot of images of that and video games, etc. You know, gaming. I mean, it's just it's definitely set up for that. But we have to show them other images and we have to teach them these other lessons. And if they if we could play if schools could play that tape, I don't know if they're allowed to, but if parents could play the tape that you just described which is on YouTube, uh, to see these, then say to these kids, do you, do you see that? You know, mm-hmm. like 
because circling back to the warrior archetype, we want the warrior archetype. It is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, okay, that's different than saying I want uh, Putin to attack Ukraine. I'm not saying I want war, right? I want to say right. warrior archetype is not necessarily that. Um, it's this archetype inside us that's a base pattern on which we drape our a lot of our development of the physical, the social, emotional, the mental, the spiritual, right? And so we want that for our kids. We want them to live that out. And they are going to live it out in competition. And competition mm -hmm. is really good for the brain. It's really good for yep. the body, et cetera. Uh, all sexes, all genders, everybody. So our, our job is to show them these images and say, you know what? All of that is true. But guess what? That person is not really your enemy. Mm -hmm. This is a place for you to work to work on yourself, right, as a warrior. But you don't have to kill that other person. So that's where we draw the line. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if we teach kids this young, hopefully they won't become – like those soccer fans that go, you know, that throw, uh, you know, rocks at other yep. soccer players from the other team and all that. I mean, that is just way beyond the pale. That's, yep. that's not necessary. And it's not necessary for us to raise our kids in these games and to get the advantages of the game. So I, I think, I think what you're saying is we have to help them set the limit and understand mm -hmm. it. And let's use these 22 and 24 and 26 year olds playing these games. Let's use images of them to teach our kids because yeah. they are friends with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, Michael, this has been really interesting. And um, again, as far as we know, as we record today, uh, Damar Hamlin is doing well. Mm -hmm. And they expect him to be okay, and we continue to pray that way for him. And uh, we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. You can send questions to us uh, if you go to wonderparenting.com, and there's a place to submit questions. You can also join our Facebook group and just go to Facebook and then uh, do a quick search of Wonder Parenting. Hit the uh, Let Me In button, and we'll let you in. And uh, some great questions there that we pull once in a while as well for the show. So we'll be back next week. Uh, Dr. Michael Gurian, thank you so very, very much. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>